Good morning, everybody. Good to see you guys, and yeah, um, I, I love that we get to be a part of doing a food truck for Zyger, and we get to bless the staff, and this is uh, just an incredible way that we've talked about how we get to go and be out in the community and be a part of the community. So thank you guys for all you do that allows us to be in the community. It is so amazing to be a part of what's going on here, and, um, and I, I love it here. I I've, I've say it all the time, but I, I don't think I could ever say it enough. I absolutely love this place. I love getting to know you guys, and I love what we're doing. So um, as we get going, let's pray and just... Uh, uh, welcome God into what we're doing today, and, and let's dive in. Uh, God, you are so good, and it is so exciting to, to hear and see and be a part of all you are doing through this place and through your people. So, God, today I ask that, um, that you, we welcome you into this place, God, that you, you sit at every chair, you touch every heart, and that nobody that came in here today leaves the same because they had an encounter with you that, that changed something, that sparked us into action to do something, um, not for our sake, but, for, but because we love and serve you. So, God, we thank you, we love you, and everybody said... Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn them to Proverbs 14.4 as we dive in. Now, we've been uh, spending a few weeks talking about uh, why we gather, and today we're going to talk about gathering for strength, um, specifically the benefits we will get personally, spiritually, and what, does, what, what do I mean when I say strength? So we're going to unpack all that today, but especially in the context of when we come together in church for Jesus, with Jesus, and how that really benefits us in a strength-minded aspect. So as you're turning your Bibles to Proverbs 14, I want to uh, read you one of um, Aesop, I know I say his name wrong all the time, Aesop's fables, and this is called the Bundle of Sticks. Some of you may know this one, but it's, uh, it, it really applies to gathering together for strength. It says this, a certain father had a family of sons who were forever quarreling among themselves. If you're a parent, you know, kids, you know this all too well, right? Kids quarreling amongst themselves. No words he could say did the least good. So he cast about his mind for some, a very striking example that should make them see that discord would lead them to misfortune. One day when the quarreling had been much more violent than usual and each of the sons was moping around in a surly manner, he asked one of them to bring him a bundle of sticks. Then handling the bundle to each of his sons, in turn, he told them to try and break it. But although each one tried his best, none was able to do so. The father then untied the bundle and gave the sticks to his sons to break one by one. They did this very easily. My son, said the father, do you not see how certain it is that if you agree with each other and help each other, it will be impossible for your enemies to injure you? But if you are divided amongst yourselves, you will be no stronger than a, a single stick in that bundle. Now, I realize this is a simple children's story, right? You know, you, the boy who cried wolf, all these fables come from him. They're, they're simple stories, but they have some pretty powerful elements when you, when you put them together and think of the lessons that they teach. Now, today, I think this, this fable, this story, pertains especially strong to the church and how we come together and what we can do when the strength shows what we can do when we come together. This is a strong but simple and powerful lesson for the church. Uh, simply put, we're gonna, you're going to hear this phrase a lot today, we are stronger together than we are alone. We are all stronger together than we are alone. And as the church, one of the reasons that we gather together, like that bundle of sticks, is for strength. There's several passages we're going to read today, starting with Proverbs 14.4, that are all going to talk about the strength that we experience, the things we learn, and the way that we grow in different aspects of strength, simply when we gather together for the same purpose. So Proverbs 14.4 says this, where there are no oxen, the, manager, the manger, sorry, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox comes abundant harvests. Now, some translations of Proverbs will actually say, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. 
And I think we all know what that means, right? Because the manger, animals eating out of this thing. So if you, if you want something clean, then just keep it empty. Don't put anything in there. It's going to stay clean. But where there are many oxen, the manger can be messy. <clears throat> where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. Now, for the record, can we be honest about something right now? When it talks about community, if oxen make a mess, guess what people can do? Oh, make a big mess, right? Yeah, a really big mess. People can make a huge mess. Community can be a crazy, messy thing. And I know some of us even can think of times where even was in a church setting or somewhere in a community gathering where something happened and it was just a mess, a big blow up. People get hurt. Truth is, when you get a bunch of people together like oxen, it can be messy business, really messy business. Now, I grew up, like I've said before, in a large family, number seven of 15 kids at home. Guess how messy our house was at times? Oh, yes. And not just physically messy, emotionally messy. When you have nine boys under one roof, fights happen. It's, it's a part of growing up. Fights happen. Now, I know that a family that big, and I love my family. I still to this day love, I'm super close to my family, but a family that big, my dad had to build our dining room table. So we had this custom dining room table that would fit all of us Mom, dad, all the kids, and friends that came over. On, on a weekend, it was not uncommon to have over 20 people around our dining room table eating dinner together. And that was something my parents made very clear. At dinner time, it doesn't matter what's going on in your schedule. If you're in the house, you are sitting down at the table eating dinner. So all of us around this table, it was a large community, a large family that was full of lots of love, lots of laughter, lots of fun, but also lots of messes. Growing up, we had our, our fair share of disagreements, arguing, fights, and scuffles. And if you grew up with, with kids in your family, then you know that that happens. You, know, you fought with your siblings before. But if you have a household, just picture your own house. Maybe you have you know, two, three, four kids. Multiply that by four, five, or six. And that was kind of my house you know, growing up. There was a lot. On top of that, like I said, we had friends over, 20 people plus. We had a huge, fun community a really, really big, fun community growing up. And on top of that, we had our church community that we were all a part of. Now, it's fun, but I remember vividly getting into scuffles with my family, scuffles with mom and dad, scuffles with my brothers and sisters. And I remember even sometimes with my brothers, it would get to the point where fists would be thrown at each other and things started to get violent and my parents would get mad and rightfully so when they saw their kids getting so at odds with each other that it caused a big emotional physical mess. But there's something that they would say all the time. They would come up to us after they, they broke up what was going on and we would get our discipline for, for fighting and things. They would say something. They would look at us and say, you know, Dustin, Josh, Joel, Andrew, all these, our brothers, they'd say, look at each other. You guys are family. This is your family. This is your community. You guys are part of the same community, you need to build each other up and stop tearing each other down. Start building each other up because when you guys all come together, there's nothing that can stop you when you are all coming together. And they meant that not just in the common sense of, of scripture saying we're stronger together, but also literally there were 15 of us at home and we came together as a big unit, what was really gonna stop us, right? We had the football team and the subs for the football team, right? We, we were the team, but they, they meant this and I remember taking it to heart because th to this day, I'm incredibly close with my family. Um, we, we've been blessed that since we've been up here, we've had a lot of our family just coming and visiting us over, you know, multiple times, seeing, staying at our house and visiting us because we love each other and they want to see a part of this new adventure that we're on. I love my family and I love that we are so close and we know that when something happens, 
we are together strong. I actually uh, got word this morning. So my, uh, one of my younger brothers, Joel, he and his wife were expecting their first child. Um, she is 30 weeks along. Uh, she went to the hospital this morning because she was bleeding. And so my, my mom sent out the text to the family, said, hey, guys, Joel and his wife are at the hospital. So what's going on? So I got to call, and I got to pray with my brother, and I got to talk to my other family. And they're all calling. We're all banding together in this moment. And it's just an incredible thing of how much strength we have together. And I can't imagine how my brother or anyone in that situation would feel if you, t- you go through something like that, and then you find out that you're off on your own that there's nobody that cares, there's nobody calling, that's got to be such an isolated, hard, lonely feeling. But even though I can't be right now next to him in the hospital, he knows that I called and I prayed with him. He knows that I'm thinking about him, and he knows that he can get some strength because the family is there with him. There is strength when we come together. You can do so much more together. You can build so much more together, accomplish so much more together than you ever could alone. Proverbs 14.4 shows us that the same bunch of messy oxen, the ones that cause and wreak such a stinking havoc, they also bring about an incredible harvest, right? Oxen are strong. Oxen are stubborn. Oxen are messy. Oxen need a lot of care and direction through the harvest. But when you think about this, all these things about oxen that you see, does it start to sound familiar a little bit? You could replace oxen with something else. People, right? People are strong. People are stubborn, especially in my house. People are messy, and people need care. But I love that even though people need care, just like oxen, people, if they're strong, stubborn, messy, and care, but when we come and care together, we get to go through an incredible harvest together. It's a beautiful thing. Proverbs uses a lot of metaphors. We see lots of beautiful scripture that say things, and it all pertains to people and us in community and how we grow and gather together. Some, it has a beautiful purpose in life, like gathering in this community. And I bet all of us know people that fit in this category. When, when you say strong, stubborn, messy, especially probably stubborn, a lot of you guys probably went, oh, yep, right there. You thought of someone immediately. Um, or maybe, just maybe, when you saw one of those things, besides the strong one, take that out, um, you thought of yourself. I know most of the guys in the room, people are strong. Yeah, we are. People are stubborn. No, we're not. You know, I saw this great sign that uh, talked about, you know, going to the hospital can ex- uh, extend someone's, uh, a man's life, um, so you need to go. And then someone wrote, no, I won't. I was like, well, you know, stubborn men, right? Stubborn people. But we could probably all think of people that fit in that category. But through all these qualities and traits, I love that people are strong, people are stubborn, people are messy, people need care. Jesus chose people to build his church. He chose us to build his church, to make it strong, and to do it together. 1 Peter 2, 4 through 6 says this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. We are what Peter is calling here. He's calling us living stones, being put into a spiritual house. And even though it's messy, even though it's hard, there's an incredible harvest that comes when we pool our collective strengths together for the same common purpose, for the sake of our mission that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28. 
We are stronger when we work together. We will see greater harvest together than anything alone. Simply put, we have strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. Now, I'm a huge sports fan. I love watching sports. My Lakers just got eliminated from the playoffs. There was lots of cheering, and I'm not a LeBron fan, so I kind of cheered and kind of cried at the same time. It was, it was a weird, emotional time for me. But growing up in the Bay Area watching sports, the Warriors had a slogan. Now, they went to the finals five years in a row, and they won three of them. But they had a slogan, and they would say, strength in numbers. That was on every Warriors attire, everything they had, strength in numbers. And they said that because they were boasting one of the deepest benches in basketball. What that means is they had their starting five, which were really good, but those five could come off the bench and the, the subs could come in and they were still really, really good. And so they boasted team basketball. They said, we have strength in numbers. We have, we have Curry, who's a phenomenal player, but we also have a supporting cast that know their roles and they all work together. In one instance in the finals, they were losing or they lost a game. And so the next game, their coach looked at one of their starters and said, hey, one of our bench guys, you know, who plays significantly less than you is actually better at guarding this player on this team. So we're gonna start him. You know what the starter who makes $13 million a season said? Whatever I can do for the team. And he went to the bench and let the subpar player play because he knew his role and that player did better. They boasted strength in numbers. They knew what they could accomplish when they did their roles together. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11 says, two are better than one because they have good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. There's a very popular verse that comes after that that we'll get to in just a minute. But Solomon here, he, he lists the advantages of community working together, right? Now, the Talmud, which was a source of, from which the Jewish law, the code, was delivered, it says this, a man without a companion is like a left hand without the right. Can a person function without two hands? Yes, but it's a lot more difficult. In these verses, you can see a quite literal and a quite spiritual application, right? You can see that gathering together does give you strength. And strength comes in multiple forms, right? Not just physical strength, but gathering together comes spiritual strength, comes emotional strength. And we're going to talk about a number of ways these really apply to us. The first is this. When we gather together, we will grow stronger in our accomplishments. When we gather together, we grow stronger in our accomplishments. Solomon, again, he highlights why two people working together is so much more important and better than just one. However, it's also true that if two hands make lighter work, You've also heard the phrase, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Everyone knows the phrases like that. Well, if you get too many cooks in the kitchen or too many people trying to manage the same thing, it can spoil the stew. It can, it can work, you can work against each other. The principle is you can't have everyone wanting to be in control in their own way, but when, because then it won't work, right? Then you have too many people trying to control the direction. Two are better than one when they work together. When you know your role, when you know how you fit, when, you, when you're in harmony, when you know what you bring and you know what someone else brings and you get to use your skills to complement each other for the same goal, that's when we get to see the actual strength, the emotional strength, the physical strength, the spiritual strength that all comes and works together when you all know what you bring and you acknowledge what other people have in the room as well. You get a good return for your work and you get to accomplish amazing things. Similar to these verses in Proverbs about the oxen, things can get messy. Things will always get messy. But if we have the same goal and the same purpose when you get together, that mess is something you get to work through that creates an absolutely incredible outcome because you're accomplishing it through and because of Jesus. 
In the spiritual sense, we think of the, uh, the benefit that people have together when they go out together, right? Jesus sent his disciples out. How did he send his disciples out? He sent them out in pairs. He put people together to go do goals. We see this dynamic later with, with Paul and Barnabas or, or Paul and Silas, eventually groups that started off as small and then grew into bigger groups running churches. There's an African proverb that says this, if you want to travel fast, go alone. If you want to travel far, go together. And I love that we get to come together here. And because we're coming together in so many ways, we get to see things happening out there, specifically like we said this morning with Zyger, like we're seeing on Thursday nights with our youth. We see incredible lives changing, incredible things happening because we know we're in this journey together, all working for the same mission and same goal. When we gather here, or whether we're in small groups, when we get to come together and talk, or we counsel each other, or study with each other, or grow more with people, we see so many incredible things happen, especially with our strength growing at these gatherings. We get more accomplished because we get to see different perspectives on things. We get to hear different commentary. And it's not just, well, I thought this, but then we get to hear someone say, well, I read this, and I found this, and I studied this. And suddenly you get to see so many things grow because we decided to do it all together. We get to be blessed in our knowledge and understanding and studying of Scripture and God's Word. When we look at the dynamics, again, of, of, of gathering together, I can't think of, of anyone who says, I learned more on my own than I did expanding my conversation to the people around me that have the same goal and have the same purpose. There's so much benefit and strength of your knowledge of the word gathering together. We walk away with so much more. Second is that we get strength when we gather through help and support. Sometimes it can be really, really hard to help or support just yourself when you are an island. You know the phrase, no man is an island. If you decide to be an island by yourself, it's hard to get support. It's hard to get help because you're only looking inward when we have a big call to be able to look and receive help outward. Solomon here is talking about the benefit of having a friend or companion as opposed to being alone. When we're facing a difficult situation and we need each other for strength, support, or advice, I mean, when we've had a bad day, what do we like to do? A lot of us like to talk about it. We like, like to go home and we like to vent, right? Even if you don't want advice on how to get through that bad day, sometimes you just go, and we've had these times at home where, where I've gone home and told Steph's like, all right, I don't need advice. I don't need an answer. I just need you to listen. And she's had to say that. She has to say that to me. Otherwise, I start spouting out, well, solution, solution, fix, fix. Sometimes she'll tell me, Dustin, shut your mouth. Really hard for me to do all the time. Shut your mouth and just listen. And sometimes that's all it takes. I will sit there and she will say whatever happened throughout her day that drove her nuts or drained her. And just having me listen, she'll be like, glad you listened. Thanks for your help. I'm like, I helped? I did nothing. But in that moment, I absolutely did everything she needed. But it's because we were together in that moment, going through it together. I used to love to read Calvin and Hobbes. Um, Calvin and Hobbes was one of my absolute favorite comic strips on the Sunday morning funnies. And in one cartoon, Calvin got dressed he put on his special clothes for school, he said. He got to school. He sat down in bubblegum. At recess, he got beat up by a bully. He failed his math test. And on the way home, he got rained on. At bedtime, he's sitting next to his stuffed animal, Hobbs, who, if you're not familiar with it, would come to life whenever no one was around. It was just him. He's sitting next to a stuffed uh, tiger, Hobbs. He says, Hobbs, some days even my lucky rocket ship underpants don't help. It's true, right? Sometimes your lucky underwear will not help you get through your trials in your day, but a trusted companion or a trusted friend or just someone in your community can be all the help and companion that you need in that moment. 
When we're down, we need to be cheered up. When we're persecuted, man, sometimes we need to know there's someone standing right there beside us, someone to help share that burden and that load with us and give us strength to get through the rest of the day. Galatians 6, 2 says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. A great example of this, again, like I said, I love sports. Um, Jackie Robinson is one of the, the great baseball players who was actually was one of the significant in breaking the color barrier back in the day of baseball. Now, he faced jeering crowds from everyone in his stadium, and even in his own stadium, being an African-American prominent player in the league. One day, playing in his home stadium in Brooklyn, he committed an error. At home, his own fans started jeering him and booing him and heckling him. And he went to stood, he stood at second base, stood there humiliated that he had just caught a costly error for his game. As the fans are booing their own hometown player, Pee Wee Reese, the shortstop, a Caucasian teammate, came over, stood next to him. He put his arm around Jackie and looked at the crowd. The crowd became silent. Jackie Robinson would later say in an interview that that arm around his shoulder not only bolstered his confidence, but saved his career because he knew his team, no matter what, the team that he actually just hurt with that error, and you know it's a game, but he, he caused an error that hurt the team, they still stood by him. And he said it saved him emotionally and it saved his career. Emotional support is an amazing way why we gather. And it's not all support and encouragement, right? Gathering in a community is huge because it's part of a network of friends, a network of people that have the same goals, that have the same purpose. Like we're, we're all here today for the same purpose, to celebrate and rejoice in who Jesus is. And gathering together builds strength in that. We receive a blessing when we hear good news. It's more exciting when we have people to share that with, right? I, when, I think when, just like when you have a bad day you want to share with somebody, when someone has good things to say, and you don't want to go shout it from the rooftops, right? And a lot of us that just want the world to know this just happened in my life, and it is so cool. It is so fun. You want to share that joy with somebody, and you get so much more joy when you see other people sharing in your joy. Mark Twain said, to get the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. That's a, that's a crazy concept because you're using division as multiplication, right? But to get the full value of joy, you must have someone to divide it with. There's great value in plurality in life. People usually desire this interaction with people, right? That's, that's why we gather. We want to be around other people. Everywhere you look, you see signs that are hunting for people to, to gather and do things. I know that during COVID, especially, people were dying to gather, dying to get together. There was a story that said, every week a sweet old lady waited in line at the post office to buy two stamps. One day she got to the counter and the postal worker told her, you know, you don't have to wait in line to buy these stamps. The machine is over there. The old lady smiled and said, I know, but when I buy from the machine, it doesn't ask me how my arthritis is. She was craving that interaction to be with somebody. People long to get connected. And sometimes it even goes beyond longing to be with people. Oftentimes, if someone is at home by themselves, what do they have on in the background, even if they're not watching it? The TV is on because the noise gives that kind of sense of not being alone. Or if, if it's not a TV, it can be a pet or an animal. We, you know, we have a dog at home, and, and I, I love our dog. And it's, it's so fun if Stephanie and the girls are out, and I'm sitting at home, and like you may know about me, I hate being alone. Absolutely hate it. So I love being able to play with my dog. But uh, people long to have a companion beyond even people, just some form of companionship, some sort of noise in the house to make you feel like you're not alone. In the movie Castaway, Tom Hanks had Wilson. He didn't want to be alone. And he was the epitome of there is nobody else, right? 
It all supports the idea that we are internally hardwired. We were created for community. We were designed to be around and with someone else, to be around people. And we, we've said it before, but I'll say it again. God didn't create us to function as separate individuals throughout your life. Genesis 2.18, he said, it is not good for man to be alone. God was going through the process of creating. He saw everything is good. Then he saw Adam. He said, well, he's alone, and that's not good. We're going to fix that. He created us from the beginning to be with each other. Now, note that God didn't know that. God did not not know that already, right? He knew what was going to happen. But God created Eve to help Adam. And it wasn't just to procreate or share the work. I think this was for that community, that they could sharpen each other. They could be there for each other and ultimately grow in their relationship with God together. God created a sense of community in all of us. The third is that we also grow stronger spiritually. We grow stronger spiritually together. Gathering has a strong spiritual application beyond just physical strength, right? A spiritual strength. A friend can help us stay spiritually warm or what we call being on fire for Jesus. Maybe you've heard that phrase. I know when, uh, when I would do youth camps and kids camps, we'd come home and that's a common phrase we throw out there. I feel like I'm on fire for Jesus. Here we're talking about that. A community can help you stay on fire, can help you stay warm, help you stay same like-minded and same passion for what you are doing when you come together. It's motivating people around you. It's encouraging somebody around you. It's someone pushing you. It's someone maybe even rebuking you, someone sharpening you, challenging you in ways that you weren't thinking about. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. Two are better than one because it keeps us sharp. Henry Ford said, a dull knife is not a useful knife. My best friend is one of the things who brings out the best in me. So I think some of the best friends you can have aren't just friends that are just gonna cheer along with you through life, but they're ones that are gonna challenge you. Friends that are gonna gonna call you out when when things, maybe you think you're doing something good or this is going good, but you have a friend that says, hey, actually, hold on, I, I don't think this is the best. I think those are some of the best friends. Not only do they motivate and inspire, but they challenge, rebuke, and push. I think those friends, when you do that to each other, you get to go to great lengths, more than you could ever do by yourself because they see something in you that they want to see change for the better as well. We can easily lose focus when we're by ourselves and we don't have someone doing that for us. We can become demotivated. We can talk ourselves out of doing something that we know we don't want to do. I know that I shared last week, I started this new healthy eating thing. Guarantee you, if I was by myself and I did not have Stephanie doing this with me, I would have the hardest time trying to do it. But we get to encourage each other. If she sees me really, really craving that piece of Sour Patch Kids because that is just my weakness, she gets to encourage me not to do it. And when she opens the freezer and goes for that ice cream, no, no, because I know that's her kryptonite, right? That's her weakness, that ice cream. We can easily come demotivated, talk ourselves out, and do worse or do less than when we're by ourselves. And I think this is, this is why the enemy tries to pull us alone. He tries to pull and pry and push and cause conflict to separate instead of bringing together because he knows that if you're by yourself, that's when, when you say, like, I'm on fire for Jesus, I'm on passion, I want to do this, that's when he can start to grow cold. If you take one hot ember out of the pile of embers and leave it by itself, it gets so much colder faster by itself than it were if it was still sitting with that pile of embers. And that same ember that's cooling down, if you push it back into the pile of smoldering embers, it starts to smolder again. 
It gets its heat back. Same concept. I don't want to be that cold ember that gets pushed to the side or the one that, that pulls myself out. I want to be with the group that's on fire, that group that's on passion, that group that says, I am going, I am going forward. We have our mission. We're going to build each other up. We're going to have fun doing it. Sometimes we're not going to have fun doing it, but it's all for this goal and it's all going to be good. I want to stay all fired up, all fired up together. And I said this before, but I'm going to expand on it a little bit more. There is strength in numbers. That coal by itself can get cold, but when it comes with the others, and it's, when it's with its numbers, when it's with its people or its embers, it gets to grow strong because it is stronger together. Solomon goes in a verse from 1 to 3 in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 11. Uh, verse 12 says this. Verse 12 says, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. You can feel so overwhelmed when you're by yourself. You can feel so weak when you're by yourself. But when you get that two or that three or even four or five or six or a community together, that's when you feel like nothing can break you. You've got those people around you to build your strength. I'm not saying that Jesus is not sufficient for you. What I am saying is it's a whole lot harder if you don't have others alongside you. Don't hear me and don't, don't leave here and say, Dustin said if I'm by myself, Jesus is not going to save me. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you're making it a whole lot harder than it needs to be if you're choosing to do it solo. Through his lies and temptations, I know that the enemy can try and come at us just like he went after Jesus. When did he come after Jesus? When Jesus was alone in the desert. When he said, I'm going to go by myself, that's when, that's when Satan was like, my turn, I'm going to go. Ultimately, it didn't work. But just that same concept, if we decide to go solo, that's when we're openly saying, target, let's go. And he can come at us. Now, when there's no one watching, when you're all alone with your own thoughts or your computers or whatever your biggest struggle may be, battling alone is really, really hard really hard. But when we have someone there with us, someone that we can call, someone that we can take advantage of their strength to come up alongside us, it can build you and help you get through the hardest times and the hardest, the hardest trials you're going through. No matter what kind of relationship you're talking about, friends, family, romantic, Jesus is there in that bond. And that bond is so, so hard or impossible to break when you're together with him, when you're in unison with him as the glue that is holding you together. Now in scripture, Jonathan and David had a very special friendship. Now, first Sam, or not first Samuel, sorry. Samuel 18.1 says that Jonathan became in one in spirit with David and he loved him as himself. David trusted Jonathan. Jonathan was humble in accepting God's calling of David and Jonathan knew David was called to be the next king. Jonathan was in line. He was heir to the throne, but he knew David was called and they had a very special relationship and David, Jonathan sided with David and God didn't even side with his own dad who was the king in that time. Jonathan warned David when there was a plot from King Saul to kill him. Jonathan stood up for David. Jonathan helped hide David. Jonathan loved David. Jonathan was there as a true friend, someone who said, David, I know that it seems like the kingdom is against you, but I get to be with you because I trust your God and I love you and together we are going to be strong through this. Many people who came to see, who came to see Jesus in scripture were brought by friends. Crowds of people brought other crowds of people. Sometimes you even come to church. I bet many people even here came to church because you were invited by a friend. Someone said, hey, come check this out. Maybe you were home one day and maybe you, you haven't been to church in a while or for whatever reason and someone called and said, hey, come, come check us out today. It was a friend that brought you here. Friends do so much for each other. 
In scripture, we see how Andrew was introduced to Jesus. He went and told his brother Philip or Peter. When it happened to Philip, he went and told Nathaniel. You can see this trail of people that, that all get brought together because someone says, hey, we can get so much stronger spiritually and you've got to see this guy. You've got to see this Jesus guy. You've got to experience him. And they went and told and it turned into their massive gatherings. It's cool that it just, it, one person causes multiplication that turns into multitudes, right? The more there are that come together, the more that can get accomplished. There's value in a relationship. There's strength in numbers. Stu Weber uh, wrote of an experience at a U.S. Army, Armor, Army Ranger training school. Now, this is a, a great example of what happens when you come together, when someone starts to fall. Now, Stu Weber was running in full field uniform during training. Loaded packs, helmets, boots, rifles, the works, which turned into sometimes over 70 extra pounds on their run for miles. <clears throat> now, as usual, the word for their training was, you go out together, you stick together, you come home together. So they began to run miles. And the more miles they ran, the more tired they got. Over hills, through brush, through brush and pine, and somewhere along the way, through fog of pain, thirst, and fatigue, Weber realized something was wrong. Two rows ahead, one of his guys was out of sync. A big, red-headed, strong man named Sanderson. His legs were pumping, but it says he was out of step with the rest. His head began to roll from side to side. The guy was losing it. Without missing a step, the ranger on Sanderson's right reached over and he took the man's rifle. Now one of the rangers was packing two weapons, his own and Sanderson's, and Sanderson started to do better for a while, and the platoon kept moving. Then his head began to sway again. This time, the ranger on his left reached over, removed Sanderson's helmet, tucked it under his own arm, and continued to run. All systems go. They kept running. Sanderson was still hurting. He was buckling. He seemed he was about to fall. The two soldiers behind him lifted the pack off of his back. They each took a shoulder strap in the free hand. Sanderson gathered his strength, no longer carrying his helmet, his gun, his, or his pack, squared his shoulders, and they continued on all the way to cross the finish line together. They all left together, they worked together, they saw when someone needed help, and they all came together to make sure they finished their training together. They knew they had strength in numbers. And even though one person needed extra help that caused more weight for them, they gladly did it to finish together. That's an incredible story of how you get to go through community, knowing there'll be times where you're hurting, but other people can take that burden off of you. And for them, it may not even feel like a burden. For them, it may even feel like it's my joy to help you through this. I know I can help, and I know we can get to our goal together because we all have a part to play in building each other through it. <clears throat> the last thing I want to talk about is that no one needs to try. No one needs to try and go through life alone. Speaking of being alone, let me ask you this. We already talked about you know, the, the devil going after Jesus when he was alone, right? So what, what benefit is it if we're alone? What benefit do we really have if we decide to remove ourselves from community? It really doesn't benefit us. It benefits someone else. 1 Peter 5.8 says this. Be alert and of sober mind. That, that your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. A couple things about this verse. Peter compares the hunting style of the devil to that of a lion. Now, I'm curious. You guys know about lions and hunting, right? Lions, the king of the jungle, right? These are the lions. You know, they're pretty lazy. Lions are some of the laziest animals out there. First off, the men don't do the hunting. They let the women do the hunting. 
But even when they do go hunt, who do they hunt? They hunt the weak. They hunt, hey, there's the pack, there's the straggler. They go for the straggler. Oh, look, there's an animal that's limping. They will go for the limping animal. They go for the one that is the easiest target, the easiest prey. They are lazy hunters. And Peter is right to compare the devil to that lion. When he comes around, he will look and say, this is where you're weak. Oh, you're pulling yourself away from the community? This is where I get to come in now. And he gets to be that lion that says, I'm going to look for the easy prey that is purposefully pulling themselves away from the pack. <clears throat> Peter's choice words in 5.8, he doesn't say someone. He doesn't say the church or the small group. He says the devil is looking for someone to devour. He knows that if he wants to attack the group, he's got to pick it off one by one, week by week. I mean, weakest by weakest, not timeline, but you know. He wants to pick apart the people, not the whole group together, because when we're all together, like I said, when we have strength, we have strength in numbers, we're able to come together in this community, he's got no chance. He's got no chance, because we get to come together and hold that banner of Jesus high and say, you've got no power here, you've got no authority here, and that's so much easier to do when we are together. Simply put again, there's strength in numbers. You don't want to walk down a dark alley alone at midnight in the bad part of town by yourself. You don't need to travel through the valley of the shadow of death by yourself. God is building an amazing place in this church. He, we have an amazing community, and we get to do life together because we're stronger together. Like that bundle of sticks bound together, we are bound together by our faith, our love in Jesus, our commonality that we have saying we are going to gather, we're going to grow, and we're going to go to our community all together because it gives us strength. I keep coming back to Ecclesiastes 4.12 a few times. It says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Man, there can be so many someones out there, right? There's someone doing this. There's someone trying to do that. But they can be overpowered. But when we come together, we're not so easily broken. When this church comes together, we are a force that is unstoppable. Seriously, we can do incredible things. I think about, like I said, Jesus sending out his disciples. He sent them out in pairs. He looked at Adam and said, you need community. Man, we need community. Paul gives a list in Romans 16 of groups that go out in duos, never, never single people doing things, but all these communities that bound together to do amazing things. Together, we see a great harvest. Together, we're better protected, and we are stronger together than we are apart. I'd like to invite the worship team back up as we get ready to come to a close today. Now, I know there are people today, here even, that have been down. People today that, that maybe you're, you're, you're going through a, a lot of work issues, you're going through a lot of school issues, family issues, whatever it is that's got you feeling like, man, I feel like I'm trying to do this by myself. Know that you're not by yourself. You've got a community here that can rally around you. You've got friends and family that can rally around you. You've got people that you can gather with that can help carry you through. And we do it not just because, honestly, because we're not strong enough to do it ourselves, but we have a God on our side that is stronger than anything ever. And we come together with him, nothing can stop us. Maybe some of you just need a little help getting on your feet, but know this, part of being strong, part of being strong is knowing when to ask for help. It is not a sign of weakness saying you can't do it by yourself. It's not a sign of weakness saying I need to go talk to a counselor. It's not a sign of weakness saying I just feel so hard and alone. Can somebody please come alongside me? That takes incredible strength to admit that you need help and you need to be part of a community. How can we help each other today? 
How can we lift each other up? Don't leave here today feeling like you're alone in this life. You've got a strong church. You've got a strong community. You have a board that, that works with me here that is absolutely incredible. Small group leaders, children's ministry leaders, worship team, Donald on the back wall. We've got, we've got a lot of people here that love to help, that love to serve. Don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like you're an island. Know that we get to gather, we get to grow strong, and we get to do incredible things. Would you stand with me? God, we thank you so much just for being our strength, for knowing that when we come together, it's, it's not by our works, God, but it's through you and because of you that we are stronger together. God, when, when we band together, God, I, I pray that when anything tries to stop the mission you've given us, when anything stands as a roadblock, when anything stands as a hindrance, you help us just mow through it because we are so strong when we are with you and that we get to hold your banner high and say, God, we are pursuing your heart we are doing what you've called us to do, and we are impacting this community in the way that you want us to, God, because we are together, we are strong, and nothing can tear us or break us down. So, God, I pray that we grow stronger as groups. We grow stronger as individuals, and we know that our strength is coming from you. We thank you, God. We love you. And everybody said amen. amen.